Okay, here's a rapid review for the week's the 21st of April. Only 73 data releases tracked this week, so I should be relaxing over a rum sour or something. Alas, even though there were only 20 surprises and 16 shocks, there was plenty to get stuck into. Let's start with China, which on Tuesday gave us its results for March and for the first quarter. Long story short, China's government can engineer a recovery and will this year, but it's not obviously happening yet and certainly not with the power and vigor some expected. The highlight was a 10.6% rise in March's retail sales. But that's not all it seemed, since it was powered mainly by a 26.3% rise in catering revenues, golden jewelry sales up 37.4%, and clothing up 17.7%. Well, take those out, and there's not much spending power left over for the mainstays of Chinese industrial base. So flip over to the industrial production numbers, and you find production was up just 3.9% in March, and of that, SOEs are up 4.4%, foreign invested up just 1.4%. Scan out a bit more, and you find urban investment is actually slowing at just 5.1% in the year to date to March. And of that, again, SOEs were up 10%, private companies up just 0.6%. In short, it's just not happening yet in the industrial sector, and that was something I talked about last week, and we could already see from China's import patterns. Taiwan provided more of that on Thursday when it reported its exports orders down 25.7% year-on-year, and that was against a very weak base of comparison. Its monthly movement was actually 3.1 standard deviations below trend, And its book-to-bill for exports fell to 1.32 times versus an average of 1.42 times for the last five marches. These were unremittingly bad numbers, with its core electronics down 29.4% and its orders from China and Hong Kong down 33.8%. There were no bright spots in any sector or any market to offset this. Now, Taiwan's chips are said to be integral to every mid and upper high-tech product, and right now they can't find enthusiastic buyers anywhere for this industry. Over to Europe, where on Friday Eurostat revealed that the Eurozone is midway in a fiscal expansion which is much stronger and which started earlier than they'd previously thought. In the fourth quarter, the Eurozone's fiscal deficit came to 4.7% of GDP, with three third quarters restated at 4.5%, when it had previously been claimed to be 3.3%. So it's quite a big change. Spending is now equivalent to 51.6% of GDP, and that's up from 47% pre-COVID. And revenues are at 46.9%, which is about uh, 90 basis points higher than pre-COVID. Within the four four quarters numbers, there are some real horrors. France's 4Q was at 6.1% of GDP, Spain at 7.6%, and neither Italy nor Greece are currently publishing their balances, so one can only imagine. Moreover, we know already from German and France monthly budget numbers that the first quarter will be worse, or better if you're a Keynesian, I suppose. Finally, over to the UK, where CPI came in at 10.1%, in March, um, which is with a uh, 0.8% rise in um, in the month, which is 2.8 standard deviations above trend. Now, 
this is disastrous, and it's almost single-handedly the result of Britain's catastrophic energy pricing policy, which has gas prices up 129.4% year-on-year in March, despite the fact that international gas prices are down just over 50% during the same period. Since October, international gas prices have fallen 60.5%, but British retail gas prices have risen 0.3%. Now, this is policy failure of a grand and very dangerous order, for not only is it impoverishing the population, it's also delaying any restoration of margins for anyone downstream of gas prices, which means everyone. And so it's pushing up prices more broadly, and it's entrenching inflationary expectation and fostering labor unrest. It is quite, quite mad. And of course, no heads will roll. But interest rates will have to rise harder and stay higher for longer. And already, Britain's labor markets are weakening sharply. You'd not know it from the headlines, which showed employment up 169,000 in the three months of February. But look closer And you'll find that the rise in employees, i.e. genuine payrolls, was only 18k, while self-employment was up 134k. Look even closer, and of those 18k rise in payroll employee payrolls, full-time employment, full-time employment dropped 93,000, whilst part-time rose 111,000. So really, the headline should not have read employment rising 169k, but full-time payrolls dropping 93k. So trouble in store there. Well, thank you for your time. I hope you found this interesting. Um, And if you did, please like it, share it, and uh, all good things like that. Thanks very much.